0: what's going on listeners welcome back to matt goes to the movies and another episode where we are covering the at this point uh something that i'm going to talk about in depth here well we're going to talk about in depth uh is the last of us episode four has aired we're a little behind schedule just to kind of be in under the weather here is uh you know covid and sickness is kind of still lingering. Um, you know, I know, Rob, you, you know, your household was hit pretty hard with some stomach bugs and everything like that. And I've been under the weather the past couple of days, but uh, we're here. We're a day late. And, you know, I mentioned that this is a show that is this is a hit. And I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute here. But, boy, this is just something that over the first three episodes has gotten better. And not to tip my entire hand here. But episode four, for me, does not do anything different except for just go full steam ahead. Goes full steam ahead. And I'll tell you what's interesting is if
1: you look at the type of story that's being told in each of these first four episodes, they're not telling the same type of story. This one was, you know, action they're they're being chased. They're trying to survive. Humans that are attacking them. Episode three was was our love story in inside the apocalypse. Episode two was the clickers and the crazy amount of tension there. Episode one was teaching us who these characters were. None of these four episodes thematically are the same, other than the the story and the plot that's driving you know the pull thread all the way through. Um, four very different types of of hours of television that we've gotten. Um, and all four have been wildly successful and 100% accomplished their mission. Um, man, is, it, is it, I, would, I was about to say, is it Sunday at 9 yet? But actually, is it Friday at 9 yet? Right. Because we got word um, earlier, I want to say it was earlier today as, as we're recording this, or maybe it was even yesterday, that uh, HBO was going to be debuting uh, the fifth episode on Friday at 9 um and i think it's mostly because somebody in the head offices of hbo either is a kansas city fan or an eagles fan and didn't want to have to worry about people turning off the super bowl to watch this because like we talked about i would 100% turn off the super bowl at 9 p.m. to turn on episode 5 to find out what happens next cuz i'm so invested right now
0: yeah and and talk about that investment before we dive into this episode because for me there's a lot here um i, I want to talk about that you know that statement that you made about the show hitting its mark and, and doing what it's supposed to be doing um this is no longer just resonating with fans of the video game and the reason why i say that is uh, earlier today, I was I was talking with my son and Brandon was telling me about ratings for this. Rob, have you seen this?
1: I've seen a lot of things that are out there. There's there's some there's some ratings for the um, third episode that, I, that maybe we can get into. But, you know, overall, critically, this is being reviewed very well.
0: Well, I'm not just talk- I'm not even talking about that. I am talking about the actual viewership. Per episode. And this is where it gets crazy um, that I'm saying no longer. And this is actual reported facts. Um, several sites have reported this. This is legit. Um, episode one debuted with 4.7 million views on HBO Max. OK, that's good. But here's where it gets really impressive in that other people are talking about this show so much that no longer this is just people that were like, I'm going to watch this because I played the game. Episode two increased to 5.7 million viewers. Episode three increased to 6.4 million viewers. Episode four that just aired increased to 7.5 million viewers. This has shown an increase every single episode. Almost by a million viewers each time. Uh, The only one that wasn't was episode two to three, which it was just under like 999,000 views. Um, That's pretty significant. Those kinds of things don't really happen. Um, You could see like, you know, you see spikes in like, Season premieres and mid-season finales and season finales, but the fact that this is actually increasing the way it is means that this the word of mouth on this show is getting incredibly strong, and people who have never played the game don't know anything about it are turning in to see what this is actually all about. You know, the one of the things that I
1: keep thinking about as the audience for this grows, as the buzz around this show grows, as video game adaption doesn't become the dirty word that it once mm-hmm. was, you know, because there are so many, as we've talked about before, there are so many failed adaptions that are just un- unspeakably bad. I mean, like the street fighter movie, like unspeakably bad, yep. no redeeming qualities to speak of. And, you know, Hollywood is very copycat. seeing how well this is doing. And knowing that many of these streaming services are continuing to fight for viewership and trying to justify their existence and trying to continue to build their subscriber base, you know, my mind starts wondering what's the next series that is going to get greenlit are our studio executives at the heads of Netflix, you know, obviously at HBO, they know they've got success here. Um, But, you know, all of the other major, you know, at Paramount, you know, they're kind of looking at what they did with Halo, or I should say what they didn't do with Halo compared to what HBO is doing with The Last of Us. You know, are there a lot of other games or franchises that maybe were untouchable before, but now people are going to start throwing money at? Are we about to see more, you know high level treatments of video game adaptions for tv shows and my fear is that we're going to see a lot of bad ones because they're just going to think that it was just because it was a good game and they're going to throw money at it and it's not going to turn into something like i would i would love to try to see somebody and it would be hard to do but my mind immediately goes like what would else what else would i would like to see and my mind immediately goes to um the Horizon series, Horizon Zero Dawn, if they made that into a series, now the CG budget for that would be stupid to do it right, but wow, that would be the next thing I'd like to see that would be cool.
0: Yeah, I'm... I have like I do have interest for this tomb Raider show that they're talking about. Cause I think the, the rebooted trilogy of Laura Croft games, I think is very well done. Um, I was actually even a fan of the movie. I thought that had some pretty good bones to build off of. Um, and it looks like the TV show is going to actually build off what they did in the movie. Um, but yeah, no, when you think about these, like, you know, what could they do for big adaptations and like look to, Like, this is now four episodes in. This is the benchmark. Like, there is nothing like this at all. Unquestionably. And, you know, even what's in... Rob, we talked about this with Halo. Now, you know, I'm not going to go into it. Halo was not what we wanted. I don't think it was what really anybody wanted. And The Last of Us is showing that you can still play not you know, completely loose with it, but there are things that are adapted further from the game. Episode three was obviously the biggest detour from the game so far that we had gotten, but even things that they have done in this series, like, you know, about how the infected are connected and even some things in this episode, they're showing that when you care about the product and the source material and you have the people that are close to this involved. And again, I just, I have to think there's not studio interference in this, that they are just, that they have let them make the show and, you know, do things how they wanted to, even the things that they are adding to the lore and what you and I and other fans already know about this game. I mentioned this last episode, everything feels fresh. There is nothing That has come up on the screen where I'm like, oh, I know what's coming. And like my excitement or my fear or my sorrow for that matter in certain scenes so far um, is wavered. Nothing feels less than it should in any episode, in any moment so far, even though for 90% of what's happened, you know, you and I know what's coming. We know what's happening here. Um, and no spoiler, like no, no spoilers on this part. Um, I, I was talking to Brandon about this. If this show continues, I will never, ever, ever be ready for part two. Right. Like I, I will never, I, I don't think I will ever get myself to be able to like, keep my eyes on the screen. If, if we get an adaptation of the second game.
1: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is there is that you're right. Um, and the the thing that I really find interesting about that. So you're talking about, yes, we kind of know what's coming as being fans. And there have been a lot of great videos out there that are showing like side by side comparisons that that there's multiple times where the storyboard for these episodes is literally just the game. It's literally just
0: the cutscenes of the game are the storyboards for this show. The the joke that she starts with Joel is the exact same joke from the game.
1: And by the way, I just love the pun book that Ellie finds because Ellie, what makes her such a great character in both formats is she's not just one thing. Joel isn't just one thing, but Ellie in particular. She's got this very, very toughness to her that um, is, is a result of her life, is a result of the things that have happened to her leading up to this point and the things that she has to do to survive once she and Joel are on the road. And, and yet there's still these moments. She's just a kid, you know, and she wants to do kids stuff. She's interested in the kinds of things that kids are interested in. And when, when she found the pun book, oh my God, I was so happy about that because that's such a great moment. Um, I was glad they adapted it. And um, I can't say enough. I don't think anyone can say enough about Bella Ramsey. My God, she just nails every element and aspect of Ellie's character, the serious side, the, the scared side, the funny side for a show that is based around horror elements. I mean, this is a horror mm-hmm. show yeah. And, and there's terrifying tense scenes. That all being said, this show is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I laugh out loud, funny at multiple moments.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do want to stick on not the horror aspect, but I, I want to stick on Bella Ramsey for a second here because you would think that her, and, and, and Pedro Pascal, you would think they've been in 20 projects together. You know, we've talked yeah. before in movie reviews and other things that you can just tell when two people do not click. There, there's there's no chemistry, whether it's it's supposed to be romantic, you're supposed to be a partner, you know, whatever in between. And you can just tell that these two actors cannot get on the same page. You would think that, again, they have just they've been in in project after project after project what she is portraying on screen and i'm just like mesmerized by the fact of the the skill and the talent that she possesses at you know someone her age you know i i I thought the same thing of like you know the well they're older now but you know the the kids um from Stranger Things, the, the child actors in the remake of It, part one. It's, you know, Super 8 from J.J. Abrams. Mm. I, I'm always just so impressed when you're just, like, she is captivating in in every single thing that she has done in this show. And she plays it so well. And it's so believable. You know, it it's almost like in a way I was laughing with the actress. I wasn't laughing at the character because it, to me, it comes across the television that she's having a freaking blast doing this. Like she looks like she's having fun. And so when she tells those jokes, like I, like I want to have fun with those characters, like regardless of, you know, this is an emotional ride. It, it's just, they are just bringing me into this world. And like, it's a, it's amazing what they're doing. I particularly think the
1: scene when she's in the back of the pickup and she's digging through the back pockets and she finds the magazine, like that whole
0: bit is freaking God. I was dying. (sighs) I was, I literally was dying and and it hurt to laugh cuz like I said I I've, I've been under the weather and I've been really I like I was really stuffy and congested and my throat was kind of sore and like it it hurt to laugh but I was like whatever like I don't care like I'm I, I'm just going to grin through it and bear it cuz that was hysterical
1: it was so funny so well written well shot
0: well edited well acted
1: um everything you want in a scene yeah. and um you know, as we continue to see kind of this relationship start to build, um, you know, there's little moments that I really like. Um, there's, there's something where Ellie is asking Joel about doing something and he says to her, why am I going to tell you no?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was so interesting because, She knows how to kind of take care of herself, but she's never had to live outside the walls of of Boston. Yep. And he's testing her. He's he's teaching her. And it's it's funny because, like, I kind of sometimes do this with my own kids. Like they'll they'll ask me a question and I won't answer it. I'll ask them a question to kind of help them figure it out. And I recognize that that fatherly kind of instinct right away. No, I'm knocking on all the wood I can find around me. You know, I've never had to be in a survival situation where I'm trying to teach my kids about survival techniques. But I recognize the intent when mm-hmm. Joel said to her, why am I going to tell you no? And I I felt I don't want to call that a turning point in the relationship, but, but I would just say that's another mile marker in their relationship.
0: And that's what's driving, you know, that's what's driving this episode. And for me is again now where if we're starting if the goal is to build a cake like we're you know we've started with the foundation and now we're starting to see like that cake actually baking like the Mm -hmm. the way that you see their relationships start to build throughout this episode um and that trust actually starting to get there. And, you know, the end when he actually finally cracks and laughs at that joke and they share that moment. Um, and we're not there yet. This isn't even close to to what we know. It, it's just, it's such a fascinating ride right now. Just watching them slowly both take, the armor off so to speak you know she's she's used to being somewhat tough but now that she's seeing all of these extra things you know she has that that giddy optimism of a kid her age um you know specifically you see it hit her incredibly hard when she has to save Joel even though she's had to do that before it's still not something she's used to and his you know his talk to her and you can tell that he's he's upset with himself he's disappointed he is sorry that she had to do that like you know
1: that whole scene is really powerful he's kind of debriefing her about it and there's a lot of things happening all at the same time again perhaps I'm reading into this too much but he recognizes that she's a kid and she in a perfect world that they no longer live in and haven't lived in, in a very long time, mm-hmm. a kid should never be placed in those circumstances, but she had to, they're both better off for what she had to do, but he recognizes that this is going to have an impact. And Joel also recognizes that he's unequipped to have this conversation. But mm-hmm. He's going to do it the best way that he can, despite the fact that he's never had to do this before. He's only had to have, be around adults having to make these kinds of decisions and try to do these actions. He's never had to walk a kid through it. And he's still compartmentalizing his own feelings about his actions. You see that when she asks him if he's ever had to hurt any innocent people and he avoids the question, which Mm -hmm. already answers the question. Yep. You can see how that affects him when he finally kind of admits to some things. There's so much going on in that scene. I could watch it over and over again and, and pick up additional nuances um i I just i love it
0: even you know even the part and i i I said this to to my son when we were watching it you know his his way of kind of getting through that is teaching her how to hold a gun you know like there's that part there and i i turned to i turned to brandon and i said that shouldn't be a sweet moment but it is because that's that's the only way that those two can kind of connect in that moment to kind of help move them to the next part of what they have to do. Like you're teaching a kid here
1: and now, right? Like physical right in front of us.
0: It's not like it's a different scenario. Like, Oh, you're taking your kid to the shooting range and just like, you know, Hey, this is proper safety to fire this gun. Like, you know, there's a difference, Rob, like, you know, you've, Held the fire, you know, all of these things like, but I have to imagine there's a difference between showing them proper, proper safety in the world that we live in now, as opposed to why he's showing her the proper way in the world that they live in, in this, you know, in this environment that we're watching. I have to imagine that's different.
1: Yeah, when I'm taking my kids to the range and we're we're pointing at paper targets with a twenty-two rifle that has all of the uh, kickback of uh, of a rubber band, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a very different situation than having to explain how a pistol works. Because...
0: Yeah, you're not pointing it at a paper plate or a cup, like you said. You're pointing it. Yeah, you're pointing it at a human being who, like you kind of just talked about, may or may not be a bad person. But, you know, it like, right, exactly. Um, and and that scene was just, uh, boy, that, that really was, you know, incredibly powerful. I, you know, I love to just, you see how you know, Joel knows that the world works because Ellie's first instinct is, are we going to help him? And he knows it's a trap when they're, you know, um, when they're driving. Like, he he knows that that guy's not hurt because she asks him that. Like, how did you know that was? I, I think she uses the word set up or, or ambush. I can't remember the exact line. But him recognizing that, like, that guy is not in danger. Like, this is to, to get them. Um, but again, her just her inexperience of what this world is really kind of like and being out, there's, well, shouldn't we help people? Like, I I just, the the dynamic there is just so well, like, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, exactly, and oh, that was so good. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely did. I mean, again, like, I I mean, exploration. I'm sure we're probably going to see some episodes where there's exploration. I'm I'm putting air quotes here. You can't see it, obviously, with audio. Um, But, you know, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to see him take tape and wire. And, you know, so there's certain things that you just you can't like, why would you put that on the screen? But I think the core elements are there. Um, you know, for what the game was to what this show is. Um and and just in that scene too, um, you know, when he's telling her, I need you to go to that wall, you know, crawl through the hole, like you'll make it, you'll be safe. You know, and he talks about when they're in the car, um, you know, you, you have to protect family, and he says, you know, your cargo, but I gave Tess my word and she was like family, you know, it's when he's sitting there and he's looking at, at Ellie and saying, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it like before he gets in trouble. He's it's almost, you know, it's the you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't, so to speak, because through this promise, through Tess, he's going to have no choice, but to care as much as he says, like your cargo, like, like, and we know what's what's going on, he has no choice but to care about her because he has to protect her. He has to make sure she does not get hurt. And no matter what you want, or no matter how much you're going to try and keep it off to the side, that will naturally come with those feelings, that protective nature of making sure that she's okay. So he just like, you can see it, even though he, he tells her that, She's not important in a manner of speaking. You can see it through this episode and you've seen the slow burn of it. It just it it. she has to become important. This you can't get her to where you need to be without developing feelings of of, you know, that that parental role that he once had. No, you no. I, I think there's a lot of that there. I think it's that. I think it's him also trying to keep because like, yeah, his his facial expressions. And again, maybe like. Just from the episode, you know, like you said earlier, maybe I'm reading too deep into it or just making my own conclusions, but I don't care. That's, you know, uh, what, yeah, what we can do. I think that's, you know, that's for him, too. He's trying to keep himself in check because you do like there is a hesitation. There is a change in the pitch in his voice when he says things like that, where it's okay. I can't get myself. Like, I can't let myself get too close, you know, to, to this person to attach because, I mean, think about it. It, It's been now that he's, you know, taking, you know, Ellie, it's, it's 10 years since he lost his daughter. He hasn't. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, He hasn't had to have those feelings. He's suppressed them for so long. And I mean. I don't want to get, you know, deep into thought or anything like that, but it's hard enough to suppress, you know, some thoughts in everyday life, let alone losing your child. And now here's a child that you've been tasked to care for. How do you not treat them like your own? How do you not have those feelings of of being protect, you know, not just protective because you have to get her to somewhere but because you, you would lay your life down. And Rob, I'm sure you know, like you, you would trade your life to protect theirs.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. When did he ever have time to really sit and process this? He's been, you know, this happened and it's been survival mode. Ever since the outbreak, doing what you have to do to live in this world, you don't you don't go home and probably like you're not going home and processing your trauma because you're going home. You probably just killed a couple of people like he went from losing his daughter to probably hurting people that may or may have not deserved it in a relatively short period of time and you're just compounding all of that on top of each other. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah, that was another good. I again, I just I love the facial expressions, I love the body language. the the discrepancies in the tone of his voice, like talking about his brother um, and the things that he's done and, you know, trying to find him. Um, That was just another, it it, it's during the car ride and it's not like that scene goes on forever, but that was another thing that I just, you know, I I really liked him just talking about getting um, to Tommy and well, I'm like, how do you know? And again, like, you Know she's a kid, but well, what happens if you don't find them? I will. How, like, it's the are we there yet? Like, like moment in the car. Um, right, you know, she she has the sticky magazine and <laughs> she throws out the window, um, and then her her joke book. Um, but you know, one thing that was definitely expanded upon in this episode um is is once they're in kansas city and you know rob i'll i'll let you because again i think that what they're expanding upon is totally working it's not going against it's not diminishing what we know it's just adding to it and i think they've done such a good job but like i'll let you kind of take the reins on that one and, you know, how they've expanded that part of, of this episode. Well, yeah, she was one of the, the moms for the mighty ducks team. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank <laughs> Yeah. Can I tell you, that's the first time I've actually watched all the way through. And I was like, why the hell haven't I been doing this the entire time? Like, (laughs) I was like, oh, like now I'm doing this for every episode. Like, there's no way I'm I'm turning this off, like as the credits hit. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I I would totally agree. Um and yeah, I did like the fact um you know how okay, well, you went with you know sort of the devil that you know or the devil that you don't know. Like yeah, they overthrew Fedra, but you just you see them you know knocking down doors and things like that because she's trying to find anybody associated and it's in the same vein you know she like you said she goes back and just kills that doctor who I thought that scene was really good too where he's like I like I I literally held you when you were born um you know how many of those people that they are taking out once they overthrew Fedra, how many of them were actually bad people, but now they're doing the same thing that they overthrew. Like, I I really do like that. I mean, I I know how that sounds, but in the, in the the concept of, of what we're watching, um, I, I just, I, I really do like that because you've in many ways, like you just said, you've become the same thing that you, that you thought you liberated. right exactly um you know and and one of the things that we get during that scene um well as you know as those scenes continue along is you you get the tension of hmm, what's under the rubble and oh we'll deal with this you know what we'll deal with that later and i'm like (laughs) yeah i'm like oh my god i was like whoo but again like You know, that that's why, like I said to you before we started recording, this is as must this has become as must like as as far to the degree of must watch as it can be. And it feels like it's only going to get better. So saying that now I'm like, good God, like I need to contain my excitement, so to speak. But like I want I want to be home on. Well, you know. Friday night coming up but I want to be home on Sunday so at nine o'clock I'm like I'm in front of the TV at 859 on HBO Max ready to go nine o'clock and hit okay and and watch this episode like this is old school television when everybody had cable and you knew your favorite show was on at nine o'clock and you were like okay like tonight is whatever the heck it may be like what you know, whenever you were growing up or whatever your show was, you know, friends, ER, NYPD Blue, whatever the case may be, like this feels like old school television to me when people wanted to be home for this show. Mm-hmm. I'll catch it. Mhm. I'll I'll wait till Tuesday. I'll wait till whenever. Maybe I'll catch it when a couple episodes come out. Like no. right i'm yeah no i <laughs> i i i I was i was like i remember you and harrison if i remember it correctly like you and harrison had texted me and i'm like yeah i've already watched it twice and you. you guys were like wait what Yeah, like, wait, what time did you wake up to see this? Like, (laughs) I was like, well, I was up at four in the morning and I was like, well, uh, Snyder Cut it is. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. I knew exactly why you were mentioning that game. I wasn't going, ooh, because I knew where that conversation was going. Like... <laughs> It's almost heartbreaking to even hear the word Halo anymore. Um, The TV show is the TV show aside, just, you know, the, the lack of follow up on the new game. Like it's from from what we talked about where that was and how that pretty much saved a console where we wouldn't have. Like, I'm convinced we would not have an Xbox today if it was not for Halo Combat Evolved Um, to see what to, has happened to that is kind of sad. Yeah, Dreamcast, um, Neo Geo. Yeah, the the multiple handhelds that tried to come out. I mean, even to this day, the multiple different handhelds that try to come out and they're just boom, done. Like, so. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and that was that. But, um, you know, so we... We, you know, get back with with Joe and Ellie getting back into to this episode um. and they're they're going to lay down for the night. They're going to lay low and, and roll out in the morning. And, you know, that that's where we get at the end here. This this final, like really a, a breakthrough and like a piece of armor of Joel. Um, and again, I just love the how they talk and before we get to that, too, I love how when he's talking to her about, you know, when you said you had you have done that before you had to hurt somebody. Um, I love how even though he very much could. You know, he doesn't pressure her like he just says, OK, you don't have to. But if you want to. I, I'm here like I just I love that subtlety. Um you know, I love the little. I notice you don't hear very well out of your right ear. Like, are you know, like, what are you doing? Like, are you even going to hear that? <laughs> like, and it it turns out, no. Um, but uh, go, go ahead. You were gonna. Mm
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it um it really does. And I you know, you said like this show too, one one th- other thing that I wanted to point out is we're getting towards, you know, what we're talking about. Um I, I love too the little dig that he takes at himself when they're gonna take the stairs and they're going up and he's like, if I can make it, like because he you know, he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm not gonna make 45 flights of stairs. And even when he says it, it's like I'm 56 years old. <laughs> like like this show is legitimately funny. Like I, I just and it's it's so well placed too. Is the is the thing that just the, the placement of the humor um, is so well done. That's what makes it funny because it's it's believable. Like when the humor hits it, it in that moment, it feels so real. Like that's something like any normal person would do. No, 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 not uh not uh, you know, not in any way, shape, or form, but <laughs> so um, you know, as they're you know, as they're uh laying down and they're, you know, kind of talking about things and okay, we're gonna go to sleep and everything like that, uh just again, at like I get, I, I felt myself laughing with these characters when she tells him that joke about do you know diarrhea is hereditary and it runs in your like it runs in your genes like I I was like I laughed I was still laughing as the end of the episode got serious like just because again like they they just seemed like they were having a good time like that that was so funny and then once I did, like, once I did come down, like, laughing from that joke, like, again, I, I ended with, like, okay, like, what's going to happen to him? like <laughs> And, like, I know what's going to happen to him, but that's the fun. Like, I <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I can't say enough. So, Rob, I'm going to give you... um. a a chance here. Is there anything that we didn't touch on, on this episode um, that it would kind of wrap up our thoughts before we get into, you know, our, our our rating of this episode. All right. So popcorn time is our rating scale at Matt goes to the movies where we rate uh, movies and shows out of five buckets. And we have episode one, episode two, episode three, and now episode four uh we are if you ever played nba jam and the announcer said he's on fire that's what this show is this is another five bucket episode there is no doubt for the humor for the stakes for everything that this episode is this show has been a five bucket masterpiece since the opening minute Yeah, it's just what a like what a ride this this has been. Um my only concern like my only concern is getting something this good with other shows coming up. Like even at this point with the Mandalorian coming up I'm almost nervous that we're getting both of them at the same time. That we're still going to have the last of us left when we're getting mandalorian three um I, I i'm hoping that i don't just compare every and i've loved season one and season two of the mandalorian but I part of me has a little trepidation about like dear god this is almost too good i i i, I hope i can i, I can separate this and enjoy we had just talked about this about a couple of movies i had just watched while i was feeling under the weather like maybe that's why i you know feel as strongly about them as i did um i'm hoping that i'm allowed like allowed that i can separate my feelings for this show and just watch other things for what they are Right, seriously. Well, not only is there big, like, so Scream 6 is in March, which I'm just eagerly, eagerly anticipating, Um, but you have video game releases. You have the remake of Resident Evil 4 in in March. Like, it's it really is a really big month for releases in, like, all forms of media. Like, there's a lot to take in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's wild. Um and you know, looking at how quickly times change and it was you know, at the, at the height of COVID and cinema and what's happening and delays. And it's like, now things are just like, things are coming, you know, no pun intended, because there's going to be a trailer released in a couple of days here, uh, fast and furious. Like, you know, there's, there's another big tentpole movie, regardless of, you know, Rob, how you and I have felt on our, how those, how those movies have, you know, happened. Um, it's still a, billion dollar franchise which fast 10 going to pull in money um you know the the fast 10 trailer is releasing in i think it's six, seven, eight, probably like f- i think it's four days that the fast trailer is releasing it's releasing this friday um yeah you know and don't forget we've got the super bowl coming up this sunday God knows what kind of releases we're going to get there. You know, you're going to see trailers for things. Um, are we going to see more of of Beast Wars from Transformers? I'm sure there's probably a spot there. Um, you know, what will be the surprise for the Super Bowl this year? Because um, you always get a surprise trailer that you didn't know was going to happen. Um, you know, what? what are we going to see? Right, exactly. And then you never know, you don't know when it's premiered, like, you don't know when they're dropping it, so that's another reason to just sit through the whole game. (laughs) Like, um, yeah. No, I think this one's actually going to be pretty entertaining if, you know, you're you're watching it, which millions upon millions of people will. Um, But... You know, in, in terms of this episode, obviously that is going to our uh, wrap up our recap of episode four of The Last of Us. But uh, I do want to take a minute to you know thank listeners uh, for continuing to join us. The Last of Us have been by far the most popular episodes that we have released, um, you know, on the channel and i speaking of of popular episodes uh rob's reviews as we call them um always are popular ones um with listeners he's you know minions lila crocodile uh which is in the top five for you know episodes on matt goes to the movies um which i know is a real fun time for him with you know his co you know his co-host being his daughter and everything like that but rob you recently uh you released a new episode of Rob Rob's reviews, which caused me to watch movies that I have never seen um, in my life. Um, which you were kind of surprised that I've never seen them. Um, had very strong opinions on them, but nonetheless, your review made me say, "Oh yeah, I gotta. I wow this this makes me want to watch them." Um, so I really appreciated and, and loved the review. So what did you talk about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah listeners i i highly recommend checking out any of those episodes i i really did enjoy uh this golden eye episode one thing that I, I i love about you know when you and eric uh as we're closing out do your guys reviews uh much like our, our friend harrison over at the basement binge i i love how you know, in depth you go on certain things like behind the scenes and in Goldeneye, you talked about how um the opening stunt you know was the highest skydiving jump like in in recorded history for a movie at that time, correct? yeah. Yeah, no, that's I I just I really enjoy listening to those, you know, kind of behind the scenes or those those extra details um, that you guys go into with those episodes. So uh, listeners, check that out. Um, We did mention him. Check out Harrison um, at the basement binge. That'll be in the show notes as he's doing the animation Hall of Fame um, over on his show. And don't forget to subscribe to Matt Goes to the Movies. It takes five seconds. It costs you nothing. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, you know, as you subscribe, you can head on over to PodChaser, leave reviews for the show. Um, you know, enter yourself in to win digital, physical copies of movies as we're doing giveaways. Um, you know, all the time here, still have giveaways and some new ones coming up. And as we continue to bring you more of the last of us, and also one, this is one that I am just super excited about because this is right up my alley. Um, you know, uh, coming February 15th, uh, shortly right after that day, there will be a review for Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey, which we'll be going to see in theaters. I am I am super jacked to go see that movie. I cannot wait. Um, there's also a video review for our YouTube channel of the crow coming. Um, I've been trying to work on that as I was, uh, you know, getting over this cold, uh, really excited as, as that's a movie similar to what Rob does, uh, on Rob's reviews. That's a movie that has resonated with me for many, many, many years. Um, and I, I can't wait to upload that and, you know, do that. So thank you so much listeners. Uh, we will catch you very soon at Matt goes to the movies.